Welcome to an Otherworld audio production. Please like, subscribe, and share. We hope you enjoy the show. Listener discretion is advised. Season 1, Episode 1 A Royal Refugee. When the cosmic gate opened, the world shook. The event was supposed to be a secret, a secret that many men had given their lives to protect. But still, the rumblings of the opening gate could be felt around the realm, from the endless frozen oceans high in the northwest all the way down to the pirate-infested waters of the southeast islands. Somewhat far from the cosmic gate, located at the center of the more common maps, in the heart of the realm rested the grand kingdom of Tenaris. Daenerys was a large kingdom at the center of a massive supercontinent called Omen, an enormous landmass spanning most of the globe and surrounded by a single ocean called the Great Blue, a landmass where species and cultures moved freely across the entirety of the world. The kingdom of Daenerys was held together by a strong royal bloodline, the family of Alatrix. Its current king was Bruno Alatrix, who presented himself as a strong and kind king, who together with Esmail, his queen, had ruled for many years. This royal pair had been blessed with two children, the young prince Nix and the beautiful princess Atel Alatrix. The Alatrix family had protected the land of Tenaris for more than a century and had vowed to protect it for a century more. They had built the walls and the sailing ports. They had raised a royal army and established many trade routes with neighboring islands. So far... King Bruno's rule had been fortunate, free of any major war, famine, or plague. When trouble first began, the people of Tenaris did not realize. They were safe, deep within their castles, safe behind their city walls. But soon, strange stories began to spread to the city guard. Pirates and smugglers from the deep southeast sea would tell tales of monkey-shaped demon men with fiery green eyes riding beasts from the unknown. Soon, refugees from the islands began arriving, and their numbers increased until they were in the thousands. Former pirates missing more limbs than usual, ship captains without a ship, cooks and ship hags searching endlessly for their masters. Most of the men and women seeking refuge in the city of Tenaris were bumbling, incoherent, and heavily injured. Anero couldn't help but notice the defeated look in their eyes. Most of them looked tough, but they all looked broken. Anero pushed back his mid-length platinum white hair and sighed as he rose from his stool for the fourth or fifth time that day. He started waving his hands as two more refugees approached the city gates. One of the refugees was a scruffy-looking male who was missing one of his eyes. The other was a girl in a robe. A large helmeted gate guard joined Anero for support. The helmeted gate guard drew his sword as Anero spoke. The city is closed. Anyone affected by the crisis in the southeast islands is to report to the medical tent west of the city. The one-eyed man walked off in the direction the helmeted gate guard was pointing with his sword. The woman stopped for a moment. She looked at an arrow for a few seconds before approaching. I need entrance to the city. The girl spoke directly to an arrow. Didn't you hear him, boat rat? The helmet guard snarled, now turning hostile. The man just said the city is closed. We have orders from our king. The gate stays closed until we find out what the hell is happening out there. 
he used his sword to point to the trees and path leading away from the city. So get out of here before we cut you down, dirty sea hag. The helmeted guard stepped towards the girl, making her step back with fear. Hold up, Gunfer. Anero put his hand on the girl's shoulder. I don't think this one is a refugee. As he spoke, he looked her over closely. Her face was partly obstructed by her robe. I think she might be one of us. He looked down at her as he asked his question. Do you live here in Tenaris? The girl met his look. Yes, I do. I have an urgent message for Archmage Odysseus, the girl proclaimed abruptly. The helmeted guard burst out in laughter. <laughs> Magic! Magic ain't real! So you want to see the old kook? The old man hasn't got much to do these days. Hey, Anero! My coin's on that old Xanther sleeping up in his tower. Anero turned and opened the gate as he spoke to the girl. Don't mind Gunfer. You can go on in, just be mindful. Some of the city guards are on edge, some more than others. Anero gave Gunfer a stern look as the girl moved past them and disappeared into the city. As the robed girl moved through the city street, she noticed that nobody else seemed to be aware of what was going on outside the walls. People were going about their daily lives. Market stalls and merchants were selling food and various wares. People gave the girl strange looks and snide remarks as she rushed past them towards the Archmage's tower. She soon arrived at the tower where she found the Archmage sitting alone in one of the side rooms of his chamber, his head resting in one of his hands. My girl, you must be lost the old man softly said as he looked up. Are you Archmage Xanther Odysseus? The girl asked. She waited a moment for a response. Archmage? Xanther said. Ah, uh, yes. But it's been many years since anybody's called me by that name. Airships are what is practical nowadays, my girl. Magic is hard to use and even harder to understand. Most have forgotten the art. The girl looked nervous. I saw something. Something I can't explain. My mother said that you could be trusted. I need your help, Archmage, she replied. Oh? And who is your mother? Santa looked up, now interested in his visitor. The girl fumbled for a minute before bringing something out of her tunic and held it up for him to observe. Santa looked closer. The girl was holding up a royal pocket watch. The house emblem of Alatrix was engraved boldly in gold on its cover. Santher's mouth opened and closed in shock. Princess Atel Alatrix! Santher stood up straight. He quickly put one of his hands behind his back in a fist, making a royal salute. Forgive me, Princess. I had no idea you were coming for a visit. No idea you were coming here. You haven't paid a visit to my tower since you were a young child. He paused for a second and took a step forward, looking closer at the princess, before the words stumbled from his mouth. But wait, I don't understand. Why are you here now? And why in Omen are you dressed like one of the common folks? I was in the Southeast Highlands when it happened. I saw something open, a, a hole. In reality, it was some kind of gate. No, it was a portal. Everyone was knocked to the ground when it started. Then the sky turned purple. On the way here, I was planning to ask you if demons were real, but I don't need that answer anymore. I know they are. I've seen their faces. I need you to tell Father what I have seen. Atel spoke the words without taking a breath. Xanther was visibly taken aback at the suggestion. 
Princess, I don't understand. Why can't you... Attell cut him off. Xanther, nobody knows I was outside of the city. If my father found out... Xanther nodded. I understand, Princess. Now tell me everything you saw, he said, quickly grabbing a writing quill and parchment from the drawer. The Hall of Lords looked bigger than Xanther remembered. As he entered the royal hall, he could see many king's guard, noble, and city folk lining up for an audience with the Lord's Council. He noticed King Bruno seated on a platform at the back of the hall. Sat either side of the king were the six lords that governed the various regions of Tenaris. A stone engraving of each house emblem was engraved boldly on each of their thrones, and repeated on the wall behind them. The biggest house emblem among them was the house at the center, the house emblem of King Bruno Alatrix. A group of merchants currently had the audience of the council. The group were demanding to know why their produce was taking so long to get through the city port. The group of merchants were clearly getting frustrated. Suddenly, King Bruno shouted from his throne, Enough! We have scout ships on their way to the southeast islands. Whatever is happening, we should get a clear view from our airships. I ask that you give me more time. Protection of the city is what is most important. Besides, it's probably just a rogue pirate captain trying to take out the competition. Or it could even be Alzev causing trouble up north. A member of the council intervened. We have seen Alzev bear riders with a small army in the north. They have been seen moving through the mouth of the world. They are probably dealing with this as we are. The Bear Queen has no reason to attack us unprovoked. The other lords showed signs of agreement. However, the merchants were not satisfied with the answer, but they went on their way without daring to challenge the king. Soon it came time for Xanther to speak to the Lord's Council, and the Archmage's name was called out. Xanther approached the Royal Council. King Bruno, my lords. Ah, Archmage Odysseus, what brings you down from your tower? One of the lords remarked. Xanther made a royal salute and continued to speak. I have foreseen a great tragedy, he lied. I ask that we send our royal forces to the southeast islands. A lord spluttered with his objection. Absurd! If we did that, we would leave the city defenseless. The king leant forward and asked softly, Archmage, please be clear. What is this tragedy you speak of? The Cosmic Gate has opened, my lord. A portal to another realm, an entry to a realm beyond our own, has formed in the Southeast Islands. This is the cause of the influx of refugees. Alchemists and scholars have discussed this possibility for over a century. Myself, I, I never thought it was true, or that it could actually happen. I believed it was just a theory, but King Bruno, from what I know, I believe it is real. I ask that you send more than just a few scout ships. We need to ensure control of the gate. We need to find a way to close it. We don't know the horrors that await us on the other side. A compelling story, King Bruno said as he stood up from his throne. He was not amused, and his face began to redden with anger. I have heard enough stories for the day. You come here and waste the time of the council when we have a serious problem outside our walls. 
Our problems are not some damn magical gate. He paused for breath before leaning towards the Archmage. I warned you the last time that you came here. Do you remember that, Archmage? You were high on moon dust, talking about visions you had. Magic hasn't been seen in hundreds of years. They're fairy tales at the very best. Now before I lose my temper with you, go back to your tower and look for any information about any known pirate captains in the area. If you find something, inform the city guard. Don't waste any more of our time, and that is an order from your king. He sat back heavily on his throne. Santher was not deterred. But your majesty, if we don't send our forces to help the pirate captains now, then this problem will only grow. Many innocent people will die. The demon beast riders will come for us all. The lord on the king's left scoffed. Demon beast riders? Ha! Do you hear yourself? He is just as crazy as these damned refugees. Siding with the pirate lords, that's pure heresy. The archmage wants us to lend our forces to the savages. First he wastes our time, now this... This man should be put in a cell. Another lord shouted from the king's other side. The guards moved in and grabbed Xanther by his arms. The king spoke once again. Moments ago I gave you a royal order. I asked you to find more information on pirates. Yet you stand here and waste more of our time. Take him to the dungeon. The guards quickly took Xanther away as another citizen stepped up to speak. A few hours went by as Xanther sat alone in his cell. Being alone gave him time to think. He thought more and more about the cosmic gate the princess had described to him, and what it could mean. He could only imagine what dangers the gate could bring. He knew that once he was released he could take an airship or boat to investigate the islands, to discover if magic had returned to the realm. But there was no telling how long that could be. Xanther had to know for sure. Maybe he could bribe a guard to bring his codex to him. Then he could slip out of the city unnoticed. If only he wasn't trapped in this cell. Later that night, Xanther woke to hear two people talking in mumbled whispers at the entrance to the cells. He could hear that the guard on duty was being scolded for something she had done wrong. But he could not make out some of the words. Juno, you're a gate guard. Why are you here guarding the cells? Next time you have to be at the gate. They almost didn't let me back in the city. One of the voices said as the two moved closer to Xanther's cell. I'm sorry, Lady Attell. I was assigned a new post here. I think it's because of the disturbance outside the city. He heard Juno say as she and the princess made their way around the cell block. As they approached his cell, Attell stopped mid-stride. Shocked to see Xanther, she looked down at the archmage sitting alone in the cell. Why is the Archmage in a cell? Attell asked Juno. By order of your father, Juno responded. That damned fool! He won't listen to me or to anyone! The princess screamed in frustration. Juno's face turned to a look of confusion at the reaction of the princess. Are you well treated, Archmage? Attell asked Xanther. Yes, princess, I'm fine, Xanther responded. It wasn't quite what he wanted to say, but it would do. I'm sorry I failed. I tried to tell your father what you saw, he continued. Then he dropped his voice. He did not believe me. 
Juno was still looking puzzled and was trying to piece together the situation. As Xanther and Atel spoke, she was distracted by a sound from outside the prisoner's cells. She thought for a moment that she could hear horns. Her guard training kicked in. The sound of a horn could mean Tenaris was under attack. Juno quickly made her way back to the entrance of the cell block to check what was going on outside. She was only outside for a few moments before she rushed back in. Now her sword was in her hand. Lady Atel! Juno yelled. Something is happening outside. We need to get you back to the safety of the castle. The city is under attack. Atel looked down at Santher for a moment. Princess, let me help defend the city. I just need my codex, Santher said, hearing what Juno had just said. Atel looked at Juno. Release the archmage, she ordered. Juno rushed over to the cell and unlocked the cell door. The three of them quickly made their way from the cells to the archmage's tower. As they ran, they could see and hear the commotion of battle. Archers were on the walls firing arrows, protecting the city, but they could not see what they were firing at. As they ran, Juno kept trying to direct the group back towards the safety of the castle. But each time she would make the gesture, Atel refused to go and would just continue to move on towards the mage's tower. When they arrived, Santha ran inside as Juno and Atel waited outside. From where they stood, they could see two city guards holding off a small wave of enemy troops. The two were fighting off a group of invaders that had managed to scale one of the city walls and were now fighting in the city. Atel could tell by their clothing the invaders were from Alsev. The Bear Queen of Alsev was behind this attack. Anero and Gunfer quickly took out the small force with a flurry of blades, but they could see more Alsev invaders were now up on the walls. It appeared they were trying to raise the south gate to allow the enemy's own troops to enter the city. Anero looked for a way up to where the invaders were positioned on the wall, but he could not see a clear path to them. He turned to see the huge mass of Gunfer climbing the wall with his bare hands, his sword clenched tight in his teeth. Anero looked around and found a wagon that contained a length of rope. He grabbed a small hooked dagger from his belt and tied the rope to it. He threw the dagger up onto the wall. It caught on something and Anero started to scale the city wall, passing Gunfer still determined to climb to the top. Once the two guards made it to the top of the wall, they fell to fighting the Alsev soldiers once more. As they fought, they realized that this enemy group seemed to be protecting someone at the back of their party. A person dressed unlike the rest. A figure dressed in black leather and wearing a black plague doctor's mask. The eyes inside the mask were dark. Anero watched as the figure crushed something in its hands. Green and purple smoke oozed from the figure's hands. The soldiers around the figure were now becoming more aggressive with each breath of the colored smoke. Anero could tell that they were now hitting harder with each and every strike. Somehow the smoke was making the Alsev invaders stronger. The plague doctor pulled at the lever that raised the gate. On the other side of the wall, Gunfer could see at least a dozen Alsev bear riders mounted on their white bears, waiting, ready to charge into the city as soon as the gate lifted. The two guards were now struggling with the enhanced strength of the enemy soldiers. Amid the fighting, Anero noticed that the Plague Doctor had placed a small device onto the gate lever, before jumping back off the wall and gliding away outside of the city. Back on the ground, Juno and Atel could see the city gate opening. They could hear the bear riders on the other side of the wall. As the gate opened, an explosion rained down debris from the top of the wall. Through the now open gate, they could see the Plague Doctor land onto one knee, as the bear riders began their charge seated astride their massive white bears. They crashed into the city, heading directly at Atel and Juno. Juno was well trained, 
but even she knew she was no match for half a dozen warriors mounted on bears. She grabbed Attell's arm and made a beeline towards the gate, looking for somewhere to hide out of view. Seeing the cart where Anero found the rope, she dragged Attell beneath it. Three bear riders rushed past and headed deeper into the city, while the others hung back at the gate to quickly kill off the guards remaining in the area, either by sword, claws, or bite. It didn't take them long. After their initial pass, the remaining Alsev bear riders started to look around the area more thoroughly. From where Attell and Juno were hiding, they could clearly see the door to the mage's tower. At least two bear riders were still in the area. Attell was hoping more than anything that Xanther wouldn't choose this moment to exit the tower. Her hopes were dashed. He did. A bear rider saw Xanther as soon as the mage opened the door. It charged at him. Xanther had his codex ready in his left hand, and with his right hand he drew a flowing symbol on the blank page. As he did, an explosion of magical fire erupted from the pages. To the surprise of the watchers, the fire directed its force to the bear rider charging down on him and blew the rider from the beast's back. The bear halted its charge, puzzled. Without its rider, it lost direction. The fire burned its face. Riderless, it charged and fled back towards the gate just in time to meet another wave of bear riders heading toward the city. It crashed into them head on. From nowhere, a narrow appeared. Sword drawn, an arrow ran toward the mage to protect him. Gunther also appeared, as he leapt from the top of the city wall and onto the form of another falling bear rider below him. He ran his sword across the stunned enemy's throat. A crimson fountain of blood spurted into the air. Seeing the guards, Juno pulled a tell from under the cart and ran towards the guards. An arrow began to take charge. Back into the tower, he shouted above the din of fighting. A tell stood firm. She looked around her. Down nearby streets and city avenues, all she could see were the city guards falling back under the onslaught of the Alzev troops. She realized that soon they would be making a final stand around the palace in the Hall of Lords. Hiding in the tower, they would be cut off. She turned her head toward the broken city gate, where the loose bear had created mayhem. To prevent a headlong collision, the oncoming bear riders had been forced to turn their charging mounts. Some had reared at this sudden command and threw their riders. Now the city gate was filled with threshing, uncontrolled, angry, and frightened bears. They did the thing that angry and uncontrolled bears usually did. They turned on any human that was in their sight. And those humans were the oncoming Alsev troops. Within seconds, the gate was clear. Attell realized this would be her only chance. Quickly, she shouted. Everyone out of the gate. Juno and Anero held back. Lady Attell, our duty to the city and your father, the king. We must, Attell stamped her foot. Your duty is to the royal house, and at this moment I am that house. It is my command that you follow me. We are going through the gate whilst we can. And then what, princess? Gunther asked. Attell turned her head and held the two guards in her stare. Then we travel south to the southeast islands. Juno put her hand to her mouth as the archmage nodded his head. It is the wisest action, he added. Anero glanced around at the battle going on in the depths of the city. We are going to the Cosmic Gate, and that is my royal command, Attell said quietly. Gunfer made the decision on everyone's behalf. He grabbed the complaining Juno by the hand, and sword drawn made a dash towards the unguarded gate. Xanther grabbed at his robes and followed. Anero gave a shrug. 
After you, my princess, he said, and the two of them followed the others toward the open gate. To be continued. If you enjoyed today's show, you can support the podcast by purchasing a $1 PDF version of the episode in the links below.